All right. Welcome to the very first episode of the Data Dive into the Cookieless Future podcast, or so we're temporarily calling it now. Um, more on that in a second, but for now, I'm Jesse Lezak, head of marketing at BDEX, and this is Joshua Morgan, content marketer extraordinaire, and of course, David Finkelstein, BDEX's own superhero, aka co-founder and CEO. Um, David is an internet pioneer and tech entrepreneur with over 28 years of internet business experience. He founded National Internet Source, Inc. in 1994, sold to U.S. Cable in 2000, co-founder of Dynaprice, Inc. in 1999, co-founder of Contextu Ads in 2004, founded Triple Jack LLC in 2006, and then co-founded BDEX, of course, in 2014. So David is the star of the show. David, could you walk the listeners through the story of how you and how BDEX came to be? Uh, wow, Jesse, thank you um, for the introduction. And I'm, I'm not sure what I can add to that. <laughs> um, so how BDEX came to be. Well, you know, and you, like I, you as a person, like who's David and how did you like, how did you start all those businesses and then sell them and then um, create BDEX? Like, I was literally a, a kid six months out of college when I started the, the ISP business. It was just kind of crazy and I just did it on a whim. Um, just actually the re it was really just because I wanted access to the internet. I had access to the internet in college, got out of college. And the only thing that existed was AOL, you know, we're talking 28 years ago. Dial up. Uh, yeah. It I was love that. It was all That's that. how I got and started was in AOL chat rooms. Yeah. Cutie peach yeah. here. Y'all coming at you. <laughs> Same here. And, uh, I was, uh, waiting tables at the time and we would have AOL chat room groups uh, like reserved, like just hundreds of them at a time. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. So, um, so I, you know, I got out of college and used more of the internet than just, you know, that what was available on AOL. So I was talking to actually my boss at the time I was working for some IT company and I said, Hey, you know, we need like real access to the internet, not just AOL. And so he said, all right, well, we can do that. Why don't we do it ourselves? And so we left that company and started our own ISP literally out of a, a tiny room out of my, my parents had a, a building that, you know, a small building in, in New Jersey that they used as an office. And we took one little room and put a whole bunch of computer equipment in there and started this company. Uh, it was kind Could of crazy. Did you get internet in there? Yeah. So that's the thing we, you know, we, uh, back then, get this, we bought access to the internet through, um, I'm trying to think, I think it was Verizon and we bought a 56 K line access <laughs> into the internet. Okay. And we put a bunch of modems off of that. Um, you know, the old U S robotics modems. Um, and that was it. Like we just hooked up a bunch of phone lines and started putting ads out and said, Hey, now you can dial up and connect to the real internet, you know, not just AOL, everything else that existed out there. And it was so, with web and there was like, you know, there was, was your previous employer, your first customer or who were your first customers? Um, you know, I don't even remember if they became a customer or not, but 
we started out just doing dial-up. So it, initially it was just consumers and just people okay, consumers. You know, that wanted access to more. And back then it was like Usenet news groups and, and you know, other types of chat and transferring files and, and email and things like that. And the web started up very, you know, pretty much around that time um, with like the early Mosaic browser and stuff like that. Um, but then we soon sort of turned to businesses and we realized that businesses could really gain a lot of power from using the internet. So we started promoting it to businesses and we became a B2B internet service provider. And you know, six years later, um, our, com our customers ranged from, you know, Sony to, you know, I don't know, all, all kinds of, you know, businesses that were just really using it primarily for email, sometimes transferring files. And then towards the end of the, when we sold it in 2000, there was, you know, we were building websites and things like that. It started to get a little more, um, a little bit of e-commerce started, you know, back then. And, but most websites were more informational. And so, but that, you know, that's early on, that was how we started, you know, that's how I started in the whole internet business and sold that. And I've obviously got into, you know, other areas of business during that time, I helped start another company, Dynaprice, and then Triple Jack. And but Contextuads was really what led us to get into BDEX and get into the data business. And so, but really quick, what was Triple Jack or what is Triple Jack? Is it still existing? Triple Jack still exists today. It is a free poker website, and that was really just a hobby kind of thing. Uh, I got into uh, playing some poker. And I didn't want to play for money because I was new to the game. So I started looking for free websites and I didn't like the fact that like the big sites like poker stars and stuff like that were trying to get you to, you know, to play for money. So I was looking for a free site that was only free. And I found this little site called triple Jack and it was kind of cool because it was more social and it was like, you could play the game. And then if somebody beat you in a hand, you could throw a pie in their face, you know, or you could drop a bomb on them and they're, they're, like, you know, their little avatar would explode. And so I was like, this is kind of fun. And, but it was just this, it was a small site and they had a, a small following. And I reached out to the, the guys that started it and, you know, asked them, I'm like, you know, what are you doing with this? And, and they said, nothing really. And so we, we kind of worked together and I, I said, you know, maybe I can help kind of turn this into a business. And, uh, and so we did, we turned it into a business. It's still kind of a hobby business. Um, but it's fun. And, uh, you know, I'll, the little known fact um, is that uh, one year as uh, I think it was that was started in 2006. So I think it was 2008. I actually went and played in the World Series of Poker uh, and represented Triple Jack. So I have a Triple oh, Jack nice. poker jersey and <laughs> and all that stuff. So it was kind of fun. Um, but I did get busted out in the first day. Um, but, uh, like number 600 or something. So, but, but it was still a fun experience to see thousands and thousands of people playing poker all at the same time. It was pretty fun. That's awesome. That's what it's all about. <clears throat> <laughs> so triple Jack. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> David, what other games do you really enjoy playing? Uh, I really don't, <laughs> not really, you know, I'm not really into any video games or anything like that. Uh, poker is really my thing. Uh, I, I used to have a home home game played with friends uh, 
once a month. Uh, that turned into an online game during COVID. So uh, we now play online. Um, actually, we play once a week now online. Um, but it's, it's still a home game just with a bunch of friends. Uh, but uh, that's that's kind of like the only game I really play. Um, Sports-wise, I was always, always into hockey. I'm a big hockey fan, but 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 uh, I was never a good enough skater to, to, to play. What's your favorite team? Who do you usually root for? So I grew up a really diehard New York Rangers fan and okay. was lucky enough to see them win the Cup in 94 and lucky enough to actually um, see the, the Stanley Cup and, and get you know, get some time with pictures with it and stuff like that. So that was kind of fun. But now living in Florida, I became a Florida Panthers fan, which was difficult for many years, but this year it's it's been fun. So now they're doing very mm. well. So it's exciting. Good questions, Josh. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, growing up in Oklahoma, we have absolutely no hockey here. So uh, I'm going to... I'm going to pick David's brain to uh, get a better understanding of hockey. So, you know, I, uh, we just, and I just never see hockey on TV. So there's not like, I don't get a lot of exposure to the sport, but I have, I mean, I went ice skating one time and uh, in my late thirties and uh, it was not a pretty sight. So I have the utmost <laughs> respect for, uh, you know, those athletes. Yeah. I have to say that's one of the reasons why I enjoy hockey so much because I mean, I was never a great skater, um, but and just the fact that they can play the sport on skates, on ice, and be, you know, bumping and grinding, hitting each other, you know, knocking each, into each other and staying on the on their feet, um, it's pretty, it always impressed me, even as a kid. I was like, this is a crazy sport. How could they do this on ice? So it's amazing to watch the finesse and skill uh, with a lot of these players. That's awesome. Yes, my husband is a Blackhawks fan, um, so he lived in Chicago for a long time and still tries to find it on TV, which is always a struggle. So we end up at like B-dubs or something like that. Um, but anyway, yeah. David, so you're the star of the show, you know, like, so how did you start B-dex? Where did, how did we get to now? Yeah, so, uh, you know, after selling the company to uh, the ISP business to US Cable, uh, I ended up, uh, you know, partnering up with my employee number one, Michael Aronov, and we basically started a contextual advertising platform called Contextual Ads, and we ran that for about ten years. And I think that's really what led us into the data industry because that business was about driving advertising based on contextual and behavioral data. And so we ultimately ended up realizing the real value and what really drives successful um, performance and return for advertisers is the data. And so that's how we ended up in, in the data business with VDEX. And our ultimate goal was to be able to build a platform that would help advertisers uh, be more successful and drive better performance through their advertising using data. That's awesome. We lost you, Josh. You're back now. Is it the internet? Welcome back, Josh. Yeah, my, my um, I don't know if it was the modem or whatever okay, it was. Okay, good. I was like, I hope yeah. you didn't leave because I said that David's the star of the show. 
no, no, it was uh, no because he said, you know, it's hockey. I got triggered. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> he's like hockey. What? Yeah, no, I um, I don't know what happened. We we had a little surge there for a second. So good. Okay. Old, good old well, glad it was that. Cards. Yeah. Um. Well, thanks, David. That was a really good story. And um, Josh. You want to tell the audience about your personal story a little bit, being a transitioning teacher. Also, if you don't mind, please share with the listeners about the podcast you started as well and what you learned about marketing data in yourself since starting at BDEX. You know, um, I have said that even if I had, if I decided to stay into teaching, um, the, the, what I've learned about myself through this journey of um, career research and looking at what's out there and really understanding what makes me thrive, what makes me happy, um, has been really life-changing. Not only that, but through the connections of the friends I've made have been just like on an, I'm a different person than when I first started, which is kind of crazy to say, um, being in my forties that in such a short amount of time that, you know, the people that you're around um, can have such a profound effect on, you know, who you are um, and the way that you think. So um, really, this is my 16th year teaching. And uh, for a few years now, I've thought that um, maybe I just needed a new district or a new school. And um, after changing districts three times, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's kind of like if you keep getting married and divorced, um, at the end of the day, you have you have to assume that maybe the problem is yourself. And so I realized that I just wanted to do something a little bit different um, on a bigger stage. And um, so um, this took me to LinkedIn where I had to figure out even what I wanted to do because my whole identity was wrapped up as a teacher. Um, and I, I think that's the same for a lot of people. You know, when you somebody when you introduce yourself to somebody, you usually say, hi, my name is Josh and I'm a, I'm a teacher. And so we kind of wrap up our whole identity into like our career, what we do. And so I had to figure out who I was in this, in this journey, which has been just kind of crazy. So um, long story short after, you know, maybe I want to do this, maybe I didn't want to do that. Maybe I want to do this. Uh, my heart started setting on marketing, but within marketing, there is, 900 different areas. So I decided rather than assuming that I would enjoy it, let me get an internship and see if it's something that I really want to do. Uh, best case scenario is I go into marketing. Worst case scenario is, um, you know, I learn a bunch of new stuff and um, I realize that it's not for me. So it's really, it's really kind of a win-win at the end of the day. So after reaching out, um, Jesse um, said, well, why don't you do some freelance stuff and, and we'll, we'll go from there. And so I did um, some freelance uh, projects and um, then I was offered the internship at BDEX. And it's been an incredible experience because it was number one, it's totally out of my wheelhouse. I had no clue what I was doing when I was started. So the, the amount of learning and the knowledge and just the patience people have with you as you make mistakes and get better has been out, outstanding. So in... Um, in the process of this, uh, I started a, um, um, I told the students that we were going to do a careers research project. And the students had, they just really had no clue what was out there besides, oh, I can go to college and be like an architect and engineer. 
uh, a doctor, but they had no clue of all these these careers such as sales and recruiting and marketing and, and UX design. Um, and so I realized that they were in the same boat that I was not too long ago. And I kind of had this aha moment where I knew people um, that had this knowledge and I had people that wanted the knowledge and I was, I could facilitate that exchange of knowledge. And so, um, I got, I got on LinkedIn and I said, um, you know, and it was particularly geared towards the girls that I teach. Cause a lot of the boys, um, were that they, they kind of understood the path they wanted to go. They knew that they wanted to go medical. They knew that they wanted to go engineering. They kind of knew, um, so they kind of had an understanding of the girls though, Quite a few of them said, well, they were just going to go to nursing school uh, so they could make decent money. And nursing is, and God bless our nurses because they are amazing people. Uh, but nursing is one of those careers where if you don't go into nursing because you want to, you're going to be unhappy, you're going to get burned out, and your the patients won't get the care that they deserve, they need. Um, so I got on LinkedIn and I just said, you know, for the uh, women that are in leadership, I it was I would love to interview you, kind of your career path, understand your day to day, what salaries look like. These are the questions that the students wanted me to ask. And I had this huge outpouring of um, women in leadership and business owners and CEOs and VPs and just like anybody and everybody, all sorts of different careers said, we would love to be a part of this. So, um, so I started interviewing and, um, so it's been a, a video, a video stream. Um, and so um, I'm stripping it down into a podcast now so that it can be more accessible. And, and since then, several districts have reached out and would like access to this. So um, I've been having a blast just interviewing a lot of like women in leadership in like, man, software engineering to recruiting to different areas of marketing to um, product management, project management, and um, it's just been kind of an amazing endeavor. Well, you've it's been awesome, an inspiration, Josh. and I'm sorry that I keep um, putting off an interview. I probably he's asked me several times, and every time I'm like, "Can we just do it another time?" <laughs> um, so we'll do it one of these days. I promise. No, it's fine, and you know, through this, it's like. Um, I think one of the hardest part is just to kind of stay the course because there are a lot of um, male allies for the women um, that I would love to interview. And it's made me to where I just want to interview anybody and everybody I can. Uh, but, you know, the you kind of want to stay true to the genre you started because, you know, um, and that's why I like what we're doing right here, because I get a chance to talk to David. I get a chance to talk to you. I get a chance to talk to a lot of different guests. That's a little bit different. And so, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, you know, I'm having fun. I'm like, and I think that's the main thing is I am having fun. That is amazing. Well, I am so glad you're here. Um, so, Josh, do you want to take yes. it from here? I know you had something you wanted to bring up. Yes. Yeah, so. One of the things that we, um, you know, we have to have a title for our series. And so, David, I think, you know, you being the leader of the ship, essentially, um, I think we need to get like your feedback on what you feel kind of best represents, you know, the company and the podcast and the information that will be dispersed in this. And so, you know, so here are some um, things that we came up with. 
um, such as Data Dive into the Cookieless Future. And I, I think, and I like that one a lot because it's kind of playful with the cookieless and, you know, into the future because we know that, and we'll kind of get into data, data privacy a little bit later. Uh, but, you know, the, the cookies, you know, are going away. And so, you know, we looked at that one, Data Dive with David, Audience IQ, because, you know, at the end of the day, BDEX represents really kind of understanding who your audience is and being able to target that advertising, that marketing. Uh, cookie-less data decisions, uh, first-party data today, customer data today, because, you know, it's all about the customers. And this is an interesting one because we all know that if you don't have customers, you don't have a business, and that's, you know, they're the heart of your uh, revenue. Then understanding today's audience, cookies and data, which is, is kind of cool, kind of playful, and uh, deconstructing marketing data. So I uh, would love to get your thoughts on kind of those um, titles. Yeah, it's a, tough, it's a tough decision because we want to talk about so much, right? Um, right. I mean, I added the last one, the deconstructing marketing data, because it's like... Mm. I feel like there's everything that we that you listed above is like a piece of that, right? I mean, right. whether you're talking about cookie list, you're talking about first party data, you're talking about customer data. I think each you know time we sit down and talk, we're going to be talking about something else, but it all comes down to data that is oh my used for marketing. That what? is so good. Are you um, by by chance? Are you a Star Wars fan? Uh, I am. I'm not a super fan, but yes, I, I'm a Star Wars fan. <laughs> just the the deconstructing marketing data kind of gave me the um, the Empire um, kind of Star Wars feel to it, which I was like, oh, I feel kind of powerful just saying this. Yeah, maybe we. I mean, can you get us a license to the you know Star Wars theme to open it up with? Can we work that <laughs> yeah. out? <laughs> I think that would really help. <laughs> and I want the you know the introduction to be in words that go up like that, you know. <laughs> In the beginning, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesse will get right on that. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, You're welcome. My mind went to deconstructionism, so I have math <laughs> and sociology, so it's a philosophical movement of theory. Um, it basically questions traditional assumptions and certainty about identity and truth, so I kind of feel like it's perfect. But well, I do like cookies and data, and that was my favorite. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, cookies and data, it, it's kind of like, I feel like if we're going to go with that theme, like we have to actually be eating cookies and milk or something while we're, <laughs> while we're talking about it. Right? Probably. <laughs> it wouldn't be such a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but then once cookies goes away, we have to change it, you know, and so it it's going to be like a gift. Else. We send all of our guests, like we send them some cookies for <laughs> joining us. Well, I think after that. cookies, there's going to be something else that comes out, and it's going to be like brownies or or biscuits or something. So we're we'll just <laughs> we change the browns thing. brownies. <laughs> yeah, we could uh, we could have the um, dessert company sponsor the show. And <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Now you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you know, maybe we can get you know, feedback from the listeners or viewers of this podcast to help us figure it out. But I think we're close, you know, with some of these things that we're talking about here, uh, whether it's deconstructing should... data, whether we stick with cookies and data as the theme. I think that there's a lot of other things that we need to talk about that's outside of cookies. But, you know, maybe we just figure that out as we go. 
we can still narrow it down a little bit. Don't you think we've got like nine here? Yeah. I mean, obviously I like deconstructing marketing data because it's my own idea, because people tend to like their own ideas more than anything else. I like it's, your it's idea. A, it's, it's a, a good idea. <laughs> but, Josh's but mind not... went to Star Wars and mine went to sociology. So I think it's good. <laughs> well, and, I, and that's a great point because when you're creating a title, you kind of want somebody to have a visual of it. If the title's kind of meh, kind of boring, people are going to pass by. So, you know, and that's why, like, you can look at, like, the kind of the playfulness of cookies and data, or you can look at kind of the powerfulness of deconstructing marketing data. And both of those would, especially the deconstructing, because that, that word deconstructing is so, like, it makes you stop, like, you, like, because you think about it. So um, I think it's, I think it's a powerful name. Uh, and, and I like it also. Yeah, and if it's too long for you, we can always make it deconstructing data, you know, instead of marketing Absolutely. data, but, you know, I'm open, so. You guys are the marketers. I'm, I'm, so I'm, a, think... I'm merely an entrepreneur. Like, what do I know about marketing, so. <laughs> well, Surely you I, know I, something I would... if you've, you know, grown and sold a couple businesses. Got this far, yeah, I, I wouldn't say merely because anybody that can build a business, sell a business, build another business. I mean, there's there's definitely uh, something to be said there because there are, you know, and one of the things that really has been interesting to talk about through my own podcast is that we tend to glamorize business ownership and we see the successful people in business and we go, we go, oh, that looks easy. I could start a business too. But if we look at the number of failed businesses out there, there's definitely something to said about those that can keep a business and succeed. And and I mean, David, talk about the award that VDEX just received. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I, I think of entrepreneurs as, you know, we're just strange people that for some reason want to work you know, 80 hours a week for, you know, for less pay. Um, but because we're, we, we're not good at working for other people. Um, I learned that very early on in my career. I'm not really good at working for someone else. Um, I, I don't know why, uh, but I, I do see myself as sort of a visionary and, you know, every sort of personality test that I've taken has said that about me. Um, and so I think entrepreneurs are just people that, um, have sort of a skill set, right? You know, just like any other job, and that skill set, you know, evolves around being sort of, uh, being able to sort of not only sort of picture the the future that they're creating, um, but be able to figure out how to get there. You know, and but my experience in being successful has always been about. Uh, doing what I need to do to just get things off the ground and then finding people that know more about each of the aspects of the business than me and bringing them in, you know, and that, you know, that's, that's why I have you guys on my team. That's why I brought Jesse on my, my team. Um, it's just, you know, everyone on my team is there because they know more about something than me. Uh, you know, their skill set uh, obviously is something I don't have and that's why I need them on my team. And so, um, you know, we're just, we're, I might not be an employee, but I'm just another person, you know, that has a skill set and my skill set, you know, 
hopefully complements others. And, and that's how we all, you know, become successful together. And well, you sell, you, um, you do direct have, sales, right, David? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like to think of, I mean, I don't think I'm the best salesperson, to be honest with you. My, certainly my personality test says I'm not, um, because uh, a good salesperson knows how to take rejection. I'm, I'm not good at taking rejection. Like uh, oh. if, if, I if I lose an opportunity, uh, it, it hurts me. It really hurts me. And I don't, I, I don't bounce back very well. Um, but you know, I do what I have to do, you know, and that's kind of, uh, when, when I take my personality, the personality test that I use culture index, uh, they have sort of, a a different type of, um, description for each of the different personalities. And while mine is a philosopher, uh, I'm also, um, known as a chameleon as what the, uh, the guy that, you know, we hired to, to run the personality tests. And basically he said, you know, that makes me very sort of malleable in the sense that I can, I can change roles pretty easily to do whatever I need to do at any given moment. Doesn't make me great at any one of those roles, but at least uh, I can get through sales if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So, um, all right. Well, we, I'm thinking in terms of the title, at least we can probably get rid of audience IQ and understand your consumer audience only because I feel like it's super long. It's the longest yeah. of all of them. Mm -hmm. So that takes us down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we'll leave it to the listeners otherwise. So that's cookies and data, data dive into the cookie future, data dive with David, cookie data decisions. First party data today, customer data today, understanding today's audience and deconstructing marketing data, which I think is probably my new favorite. Um, I, I really liked, since you're a philosopher, I really liked learning about um, deconstructionism. It's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, very cool. Hey, David, what was the, because um, I noticed on LinkedIn that, uh, and I posted about it too, but um, what was the award that VDEX got? Oh, you're going to make us talk about it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> make us gloat. Um, so that's, you know, Inc. Magazine, uh, besides doing the Inc. 5000 annual uh, list of fastest growing companies, which we've made two years in a row, um, we, they also do a regional. Uh, they, they used to break it down by states and now they do it by regions. And so we made that, Inc. I mean, the Inc. Magazine regional list of fastest growing companies um for the southeast region so uh listed as what number 104 so it's always nice uh to get that kind of recognition to you know to be you know just recognized to for what we're doing you know and, and the successes that our team has had so um congratulations to our team as a whole um because it's you know it takes everybody to make that happen there's a great efficient team here at BDX. I will say that. Um, and so we got through that part. So David, since you're the yeah. star of the show, what do you think this podcast should offer listeners from a high level? Well, I mean, I want to be able to educate and talk about you know, data, obviously, 
um, how that's applied to marketing advertising, uh, how the, you know, the industry changes that are going on, you know, that are always going on constantly, how we move and adapt to those changes. Uh, and obviously, um, you know, there'll be some privacy discussions and things like that, that we'll need to talk about as well. And, and what that means to both the consumer and to marketers and brands, uh, you know, when it comes to making sure they're in compliance as well. So I think that there's a lot to cover there. Uh, That's true. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much. That was one thing that I was, that interested me in BDEX was the fact that I was a little bit confused of what was happening with the internet, this was prior to last June's announcement that they were going to delay cookie deprecation. But, you know, I was like, I'm, I use third-party cookies to mm -hmm. um, help businesses grow. And so what am I going to do? And mm -hmm. BDEX had the solution. So it really intrigued me because I wanted to learn that solution. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, yeah. And that's important for, you know, marketers everywhere to understand and to learn how to adapt to these changes. Absolutely. And there's so many changes happening all the time. Um, all right. So Josh. So, you know, one thing that I was not even aware of before coming to BDEX is kind of this war against third party cookies and kind of the whole data privacy. And so David, like if you could say kind of a, a main thing that you would like to educate our audience about as far as data privacy goes and you know, I notice I say data, you guys say data. So I, I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> but as far as data privacy goes, what is, you know, what is one thing that you would really want to educate the audience about with this podcast? Uh, great question. I mean, I think that it's important when you're talking about data privacy and when, you, you know, if you have concerns about data privacy, that it really comes down to the relationship with you, you know, your relationship with whomever is collecting that data. Okay. So we all know, you know, there are some companies out there, Facebook slash meta, um, and others that have, you know, had some issues with data privacy. Um, they're not the only ones. There's a lot of others that, you know, don't hear about because they're not as big and they're not, you know, in the news as much. Uh, but ultimately it comes down to, when you know a company is collecting data about you and they're everywhere you go every website you go to now every app you go to there's a message that pops up and says here's what we're collecting and they're trying to provide some level of transparency but it's really just le legal jargon right um has anybody ever read those probably not besides lawyers um and so it's important for the consumer to understand that they're you know they're just clicking on that and that's fine that's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. But who's on the other side of that click? Right. And so your data is being collected, it's being shared. And if you don't care, that's great. You know, a lot of people don't care. I think that there's actually more people that don't care than do care. And, you know, uh, but, you know, once the government gets involved, you know, <laughs> they want to put regulations in place. So those regulations exist. But ultimately, it all comes down to who is collecting that data and making sure that you know and you trust who's collecting that data. If you're concerned, then that's the one thing that you need to be concerned with. You know, who's on the other side of that click? And do you yeah, trust that company? 
Yeah, I think I went on two websites today and, it, you know, that that green tab pops up about what they're collecting. And I was just like, OK, OK, <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Um, but yeah. I know also that identity resolution is kind of a like a big talk right now. So as far as, you know, one of the things that we will be discussing this podcast is identity resolution. So like right now, what would you say is, you know, we would want to educate our audience about as in regards to identity resolution? Well, I mean, obviously what it is, what it means, I think is the most important thing. And identity resolution as a whole is really just uh, a company's ability to identify you as a consumer across your different touch points. So whether that be, you know, your, you know, from your email address to your name and postal to your mobile ID on your phone to your computer, just being able to resolve that it's the same person. Like Josh, you have, you know, multiple devices. And if I can't resolve each of those devices to you, then how do I know I'm reaching you, right? So that's ultimately that's what, it, what it means. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, what people need to understand is that, if they want the experience of brands to be able to reach them across wherever they are, the brands that they know and they trust, then that identity resolution has to happen. You know, and years ago when that didn't exist, advertising was like not targeted in any way. And you'd see a lot of, you know, generic ads for anything from weight loss to insurance. And, you know, these things would have meaning, you know, have no meaning to you. Today, you notice that if you search for something online on one device, you can go on another device and see something very similar. And it's like, to me, that's exciting because I want to see ads. I wish TV could do this. You know, I want to see ads that are related to things that I'm interested. I haven't been to a McDonald's in 25 years, probably. Yet I have to watch a McDonald's ad every day on my TV. You know, if I turn that thing on. You're going to see McDonald's ad. I will never not be going there. So they're losing out on value advertising to me, and I'm losing out on the experience of actually seeing things I care about, right? And so to me, identity resolution can be a great thing, right? Uh, and that's what I think people need to understand is that you know, done right, it can be you know, it can provide a much more you know valuable experience, you know, through your online journey. I like it. You know, I, the other day I received a um, a mailer for women's ski gear um, and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not a woman and <laughs> I've never been skiing, mm -hmm. uh, it was snow skiing. Uh, I love water skiing, but like it was I was like, this is so not related to me. How much did they spend printing all this up and sending it out? Um, so mm -hmm. one other thing that kind of we'll be covering through this podcast is machine learning and um, you know, that kind of gives us the uh, the heebie-jibbies when we think of like the Terminator and other shows. Like that. <laughs> uh, but Jesse, uh, for a second, talk about uh, machine learning and kind of what we would want the audience to know about machine learning. Well, I think David should talk about it. But, um, you know, I would just say one of the things that I'm constantly talking about on podcasts is more about building your data culture um, and your data strategy internally. Um, and machine learning is, you know, 
something industry, all, like all industries are using machine learning in some capacity, um, but it can be used in marketing and advertising as well to create custom audiences. So when your team is, um, you know, collecting data in a way that um, helps you build quality data, then you're going to be able to build better custom audiences and use that data with machine learning um, to better target your audience and go find other customers like your own ideal customer. But David, tell us about how did like, how did BDEX even get into um, machine learning and um, some of the value you've seen it offer um, existing customers? Uh, well, I'd say that, you know, we got into it simply because we were looking at the fact that one, there is such a large volume of data in our platform across what 5,000 different categories of data about, every, you know, pretty much every consumer in the US. And we said, you know, this is, you know, obviously interesting, but what we found the sort of saw as the future trend, again, going back to sort of maybe my visionary sort of characteristic is that with the changes going on with respect to data privacy and cookies, that third-party data may get more difficult to leverage for brands. Um, not that it was great to begin with, because there's so much bad data in that third-party data that you know I think performance really lacked anyway. But we saw an opportunity for brands to really finally sort of figure out how to leverage their first-party data. That's the data that's most valuable, right? And this is the data that you're collecting about your existing customers. It's stuff you know is is valid. And so if you could harness that first party data about your existing customers and use that in a way to find more customers that are just like those customers, well, that sounds pretty powerful, right? And so that's what we sort of aimed to do is we said, you know, how do we do that? How do we build, how do we use machine learning to build a modeling technology that will leverage all the data in our platform to do that really effectively? And, uh, and that's kind of what led us to, to do it. So, and I think that that almost gets into uh, data for, for marketing. Um, what else, you know, because, you know, we'll be covering a lot of different areas, but, you know, one area that we'll be, we'll be covering is that whole data for marketing. So what else could you say how we're using data for marketing purposes? Uh, I mean... There's a lot of different ways. I mean, obviously we're using it in, uh, you know, building audiences, you know, custom audiences, I'd say is that it's sort of another method. Obviously we talked about machine learning, identity resolution, but building custom audiences, machine learning is one way to do that. Uh, but there's a lot of other ways to do it. There's a lot of other, you know, third party data that can be leveraged sometimes in conjunction with that first party data to build a very customized audience for targeting um you know that data can be used whether you know any of the above data that we talked about could be used in a number of different remarketing you know methodologies whether you're talking about email marketing uh, you know by um using it to import into your crm or whether you're talking about you know marketing on linkedin you know to build audiences to target there um you know CTV advertising, we're working with TiVo uh, to do that, to find uh, audiences that are um, no longer watching linear, regular TV. And 
you know, how else can they be reached? They can be reached through CTV because they're using some other, you know, Roku or some other um, CTV platform. And so, you know, there's, uh, I, I don't even know, I probably missed a few other ways, but, uh, you know, that, <laughs> that's some of the things that, that we're doing in particular uh, to help companies uh, use data effectively in their marketing campaigns and techniques. I think, and I think that's like beautifully put at that right there, because that is such a wide open topic that will like give us many, 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 many episodes to cover. Absolutely. Um, and, and so speaking of which, um, when you think of guests that will be coming on um, our podcast here, what types of guests um, would you see that we will be speaking with? I, I look forward to inviting a lot of uh you know, other industry leaders uh, across not you know, data and marketing companies that we work with, that we're partnered with uh, hundred, you know, we have a hundred different data partnerships. So there's a lot of potential uh, people from each of those data companies that would be able to provide some amazing insights as well. Uh, as well as I'd really like to see us bring in some of our customers as well. I think those customers can share some really interesting stories about their successes um, that will inspire people to, uh, you know, to have their own successes as well. That's really awesome. And I also think that some of the most successful people I know work for BDEX. So that's our lowest hanging fruit in terms of having some really great content to share. Um, so David, what would you think about us interviewing Everyone who works for VDEX, which is like what all ten of us. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I love that. It gets us through our first season. Yeah, let's do that. That's that's awesome. I'd love to bring the whole team on. You know, I think that everyone will have some different perspectives. You know, from the engineers, mm -hmm. you know, to you know, all the way to sales. I think everybody has a, a you know, a different angle to share that I think will you know add a you know a whole other sort of uh, point of view. To, to this podcast and that would be great. 100%. Well, in closing, we would love to get input from listeners about what you would like to learn about um, in regards to data, I guess, deconstructing marketing data. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> what questions do you have that you, that you want us to answer in our upcoming series that will focus on data trends and advertising and marketing around identity, machine learning, data privacy. And I won't say data as a service, I'll say data and marketing. Mm -hmm. um, so share your qualitative data with us and let us know what you think. And if you wanna be a guest on our podcast and you're one of our um, partners, we would love to hear from you. So just reach out to, I'll let Josh share that information. So Josh, how can listeners reach out to us? Yeah, so uh, please share any and all feedback in the comments when uh, whenever you're listening. Uh, you can send that over to info at bdex.com. That's info at bdex.com. That sounds great. Or they could just reach out to David probably because they all know you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys um, for joining for this podcast. Look forward to the next one. Absolutely. Thank you both. This has been great. It's been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to doing more. Thank right. you. Absolutely.